0: What if most of the thoughts you had about food were positive? Thoughts about nourishment and pleasure rather than stress, anxiety, and confusion. Imagine if your thoughts about food were simply things like, eating some fish sounds delicious. Or, I like my pasta creamy and rich with lots of flavor. Or maybe something like, even though I'm feeling a bit full, I'll just eat these fries anyway because they taste so good and they won't taste the same when they're stale. Sounds amazing and stress free, right? (laughs) Well, we're going to talk about hunger, fullness, and satisfaction, and how you can start having your own stress free and amazing experience with food. Stick around. Welcome to the Thriving Mom Podcast, where we invite mothers and mothers at heart to think outside the conventional beliefs about motherhood, nutrition, and raising healthy kids. I'm your host, Uime Oguta recovering perfectionist, and non-diet nutrition counselor on a mission to help smart women like you find food and body freedom through intuitive eating, self-care, and mindful practices that will leave you kicking balance to the curb, stop surviving, and start thriving in the beautiful chaos that is motherhood. Are you ready, mama? Let's journey together. Welcome back, friends. It's episode 41 of the Thriving Mom podcast. We may hear And I'm so excited you could join me today because we're diving into the second episode of our five-part intuitive eating series. So in this episode, we're focusing on how you can have a pleasurable experience around food and eating. We're talking about hunger, fullness, and satisfaction, which are the intuitive eating principles two, five, and six. And I wanted to merge these three together because they're really important pieces when it comes to healing your relationship with food. So, if this is the first time you're listening to this podcast, I'd recommend that you listen to last week's episode where we explored how to ditch the diet mentality so that you have a better idea of how we're approaching intuitive eating in this series. So, we have three principles we're going to be talking about, and I'm not going to go through them step by step. That's something you can find with a simple Google search. You can also buy the intuitive eating book, which I highly recommend, or work with a trained intuitive eating counselor like myself. There are tons of resources on the step-by-step process. Rather, I want to focus on the mindset and the behaviors that keep us away from truly having pleasurable experiences with food because we're yet to attune to our hunger, fullness, and satisfaction. And then I'm going to talk about what we can do to stop them and start enjoying food once again. Because, get this... Until your thoughts align with the actions that you really want to take to heal your relationship with food, you will treat intuitive eating like another diet where you have food rules to follow and then you say it doesn't work. So it's really important for us to be thinking about the thoughts that we have because our thoughts drive our feelings and it's those feelings that drive our actions. First, I'm going to talk about hunger and then I'll talk about fullness and finally we'll touch on satisfaction and pleasure. I want to start out by saying that one of the biggest lies from diet culture is that we need external guide to help us know what, how much, and when to eat. And then we're sold this idea that we cannot trust ourselves around food, so we need willpower and control. Of course, being the good rule followers that we are as mums, we get the latest gadgets. You know, we buy the plans, the apps, and all the books to help keep us in check. So if this is you, I want you to know that you're not alone. There are many of us out there. And so many of us moms are in this boat, which makes a lot of sense because life is already so crazy busy. And if you could worry less about eating, as promised by diet culture, why not do it? Now, this is why when I start working with clients, one of the things I ask them about food is just simply, what do you like to eat? Often they'll start with something they think I want to hear. But what they typically don't expect is when I ask them why. (laughs) It's funny because they, they usually are just like, what do you mean why? And here's why. Many of us have been programmed to eat on autopilot. You know, we just eat because that's what people do. We eat just to survive. We don't pay attention to what we really enjoy or why we're even eating in the first place. So by asking why, I'm helping my clients to do two things. One, we're bringing awareness to the foods that they eat. And secondly, we're helping them approach mealtimes more mindfully. So by exploring this question, we'll often end up with them saying things like maybe they don't really feel hungry or they don't know when they're full or they don't even enjoy the meals. Now, I find this really fascinating because many of us think about what to eat or what not to eat a lot throughout the day. Yet we still struggle with eating. In fact, a study that was conducted in 2013 found that on average, women typically think about food 12 times a day and wait for it. Many of us feel guilty about food. So if we're spending a lot of energy and mental space thinking about food, feeling guilty about it, how is that helping? It's no wonder so many of us are worried and stressed out and we keep speaking negatively to ourselves and we think we need more rules and self-control and willpower. It's no wonder we're tired and we barely have the energy to show up in our lives as the women we want to be. So friend... It's time to stop the craziness and let's really dial in on quieting all the noise so that we can tune into our bodies and then we can start to engage with food in a way that feels good, in a way that doesn't leave us feeling stressed out and guilty, in a way that doesn't let food take over our lives. You have the power to do that and we're going to talk about that today. So first, let's talk about hunger. One thing a lot of my clients will tell me is they don't typically feel hungry. And one thing I find is that many of them feel ashamed for feeling hungry. Others just have lived on the busy train life for so long that those hunger signals are no longer loud enough. So they just think they don't feel hungry. The good news is it doesn't really matter which of those you find yourself in. Those hunger signals can be revived if you commit to doing the work that you need to trust your body. So let's explore hunger. When you think of the word hunger what comes to mind? What kind of thoughts do you think of? Perhaps you think I'll do it later meaning I'll eat later or maybe it's an inconvenience. That used to be mine. I used to think hunger was an inconvenience because I'm one of those people who powers through when I've got a deadline or I'm in the middle of something. If I feel hungry, I'd rather wait until I'm done what I'm doing. And sometimes the thing that I thought would take five minutes ends up being two hours long, which means I wait that long until I'm eating. And I didn't notice I was doing this until my coach pointed this out to me. And this is even after I'd been on my food freedom journey for a few years. So in my case, because because I saw hunger as an inconvenience, guess what I did? I would keep working instead of eating. So there were days when I would have breakfast and then I would skip lunch because I was busy. So I'm using busy here in quotes, right? And then by the time I got home I'd be so hungry and tired and if my kids were not in a good mood, <laughs> some of you might understand and kind of relate to this because if they're not in a good mood, Then I was not in a good mood. It just made the evenings really bad because I was cranky. The kids were cranky. And of course, my poor husband would go hide in the room or he'd go to the gym to escape the craziness. I know some of you know this story because it happens in your houses too. But by realizing this, I was able to make sure that I kept snacks handy and now I actually prioritize having my lunch. If I'm working and I feel the cues for hunger, I go grab something to eat. It might not be a big meal, it might just be a snack, just something to make sure that I'm honoring that cue. And this is why mindset work is so important because if my coach had not helped me see that, I wouldn't have seen that this was a subtle way I was sabotaging my own food freedom journey. And that might be the case for you so ask yourself when you think about hunger what's the word that comes to mind what are the thoughts you have and when you think about those thoughts how do they make you feel and then when you feel that way what are the things you do and the things you do are they really honoring your body or are they sabotaging your food freedom journey that's something that you can explore and answer that question for yourself now i know that there's some of you who have probably not felt hunger in a while and i want you to know that that feeling is normal Remember that hunger is a basic biological cue, just like your need to pee or poop. So whenever you feel hungry or whenever you think about hunger, guilt is not something you should be thinking of. Granted, honoring your hunger can be inconvenient and confusing, especially when you're new to paying attention to it or you've experienced feelings of guilt and shame around it. So for example, maybe when you were a child, People made comments about how you were always feeling hungry. This is something you may be thinking of as an adult. So every time you feel hungry, you start to feel whatever feelings it was you had at that time, maybe shame and guilt, and then that prevents you from eating. So these are three things that you could do to connect back to your hunger. First, you have to become aware of the hunger. And this just starts by eating frequently throughout the day to awaken those signals. It's like getting into a relationship when you're trying to know somebody. You tend to see that person quite often at the beginning. So that's the same thing. You want to eat to awaken those signals back. And then ask yourself, am I hungry? And if I'm hungry, what does it feel like for me? What are the physical sensations that I'm experiencing? Then secondly, you want to lean into and become curious about those sensations in your body. So if you've been disconnected for a while, this might take some practice. But I promise you, if you're committed and you jump in full in, it's going to happen. Just be patient with yourself and give yourself time. Again, there's so many factors that might come into play here. Things like food insecurity, guilt and shame. I already talked about that when you were a child. If you've experienced some form of trauma, these factors will impact how you engage with hunger. For example, I had a client who experienced food insecurity as a child. Now she's a grown woman and she's able to afford her food. But then she found that every time she was hungry, she started feeling panicked about the hunger. And this we found out through our work together that it was related to when she was a child and she was experiencing food insecurity. So we had to do a lot of thought work and mindset reframing around what hunger meant for her because she wasn't experiencing food insecurity anymore. So we had to teach her and rewire those neural pathways to reassure her that feeling hungry is safe for her now. Third thing you want to do, respond to the sensation. So if you ask yourself, am I hungry? What does it feel like? You start to experience what it feels like. Some people, it might be grumbling in the stomach. Some people, it might just be like light pain and they might just feel this gnawing in their tummy. You need to do the work to figure out what hunger feels like for you. And then the third thing is just to respond to the sensation. If you're hungry, eat. You're still hungry, eat some more. Whenever you honor your hunger with nourishment, it helps to build that trust and helps you connect back to your body, which is really important as you begin to build your relationship with food. Next, I'm not really going to dive into details about fullness because I feel that the experience is similar to hunger. The only difference is that your level of fullness might vary based on many factors, which is really important when you're healing your relationship with food. So for my clients in Thrive, we typically talk about their initial hunger levels, the timing of the food or eating, the type of food that they're eating, because that would have an impact on how long the food stays in the body before they get hungry. And also the environment plays a big role in how attuned you are to knowing when you feel full. So until you're able to recognize your fullness, I would encourage you to test things out by assessing the staying power of foods that you eat. Think about how soon after you eat that you feel hungry. So for example, if you're in the habit of drinking coffee for breakfast, yet you wonder why you're so hungry mid-morning, this is probably a sign that the coffee is not enough. And this is where you might get creative by either eating something in addition to your coffee or you plan to have something to eat mid-morning so that you can keep your energy levels up and be productive. This is how we honor ourselves. It's not by feeling guilty that you drank coffee and then mid-morning you're hungry. It's about knowing, okay, the coffee didn't have enough staying power. So that means I either plan to eat or increase what I'm eating at breakfast. Now, an area where I see mom struggle a lot with hunger and fullness is when they haven't given themselves unconditional permission to eat. I talk in full detail about this in episode 36 of the podcast. I'll include a link in the show notes. And in that episode, I talk about food permission and the threat of mental restriction. For now, I just want you to know that if you have any rules about what you should, when you should eat, and how much you would eat, you'll likely struggle with fullness. Now, if you're listening to this episode and you're thinking, well, this is a lot of work, Please don't feel overwhelmed. I want you to check out my food freedom guide, which actually walks you through how to recognize hunger and fullness in simple steps. You can find that guide at oliveandbliss.ca slash food freedom. I'll also include a link in the show notes. It gives you simple steps that you can take to help you recognize hunger and fullness, as well as what you need to do to start your food freedom journey. All right, let's talk about satisfaction. (laughs) If you don't take anything else from this podcast, I want you to take this because this is really, really important. Pleasure and satisfaction are very vital when it comes to healing your relationship with food. They help you enjoy your food better. When you enjoy your food better, when you feel satisfied, when you derive pleasure from the food that you eat, you might find that it'll take less food to make you feel full. So, If you've eaten a whole bowl of lettuce salad and you're wondering why you still feel hungry after eating, it is possible that you're full, but you're not satisfied. This is one of the reasons why when I'm talking about this with my clients and they start to eat more and bring foods into their diet, we don't just focus on foods that make them feel full. We also talk about foods that bring pleasure and satisfaction. Now, this might be hard to figure out at first what foods are satisfying to you because if you've been on a diet for a while or you follow food rules, someone else has been dictating that to you. So you'll have to explore what feels good to you by thinking about the food properties. So things like the taste, the temperature, the texture or mouthfeel, the aroma of the food, and even the appearance. So when you think about things like that, figure out what you like. What seems appealing to you and what might you enjoy? Then start from there to pick the foods that you want to try out. So for example, I had a client who liked crunchy food. So things like chips made her feel really good and she enjoyed it. And once she started giving herself permission to eat, she thought, "Mm, I want to try fish and chips. And then she tried it and she loved it so much. And it's very interesting because she's someone who said she doesn't eat fish. Yet here she was enjoying the fish and chips. Why? Because she found out she likes anything with crunch. And she was willing to give herself the opportunity to try something new. So again, if you're not feeling satisfied after a meal, you're probably going to continue seeking out food in an attempt to get that satisfaction. I want to offer you this. Rather than thinking thoughts like, well, I can't be hungry, I just ate think about things like hmm that's interesting that i'm just hungry after 2 minutes it's interesting that i still feel hungry i wonder why i finished all my food i thought it was enough but i'm still hungry i wonder why so we're wondering and when you're wonder you open up your mind to the possibility of starting to explore what you may have missed these questions will help you to get an idea of how you can incorporate foods that bring more satisfaction and pleasure to you. Now, before I sign off, I want to leave you with this. When it comes to fullness, hunger, and satisfaction, think about the mom who knows when she's hungry, full, and satisfied. What if you decided on purpose to be that mom, to be the mom who honors her fullness, satisfaction, and hunger cues? How would you approach food and eating? How differently would you see your food behaviors? That's your assignment for this week. I want you to explore this. And if you'd like to dive deeper into this work, reach out to me. And together, let's help you explore these cues and help you connect back to your body and find food freedom so that you can have the mental space you need to thrive in your life. All right, my friend. I hope this episode was helpful. I'd love to hear your takeaways, so please reach out to me on Instagram. I'm at Olive and Blissfulness. I'd love to hear how this episode helped you. And if you're yet to leave us a review, would you take a minute and just let us know how this podcast has helped you? All right, friends, I love you and I'm always rooting for you. I hope you have a great week and as always, keep thriving.